Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. New Germa era goes crazy. <laughs> Hello, um, welcome to the season three Q and A uh, brought to you by my really terrible, terrible Twitch skills because I don't know how to use this program, and Sahar has been so patient with me. Um, but anyway, uh, for the folks who are here and are slowly putting faces to voices, um, we're gonna do a really quick intro. Um, so I'm Nick Chattelkati. I am the uh, creator, showrunner. Uh, co-writer, I voice Ed, and then I do the sound design, and I also handle all of the social medias because uh, you could not pay me to give any of these chuckle fucks ass sex to the Twitter, as showcased by the great and super professional opening of this stream. <laughs> Kyle, say words now. Yeah. I'm Kyle Street. Uh, I'm voice Mike in Where the Stars Fell. That's Kyle. He voices Mike. He's really great at his job. Okay, go lesbians. Hi. Um, <laughs> we're the lesbians. Uh, my name is Kira Gill. I voice Mama Gabe and Where the Stars Fell. Hi, Lesbian 2 here. Uh, <laughs> my name is Eden Summer and I voice the Prophet Ezekiel. Oh shit, before we continue, um, pronouns. They, them. He, him. She, her. They, she. Hi, I'm Madeline Harview. She, her. And I voice Lucy Kensington. Hi, um, my name is Lucy Brown. I do not voice Lucy Kensington. Um, I do, in fact, write for the show and edit the show. And I also voice Molly Dane. By edit, she means script editing, not yes, sound that's editing. What I mean. That's an important I distinction, apparently, never, to make in audio. I could never do that. I think it would be funny to watch you try. It sure would be. So you all have sent in um, some wonderful questions that we are so excited to get to. Um, and then once we get through all of those, if we have some time left at the end, we will take questions from the chat. Um, so I have this first question. Uh, is from Sarah Bennett, who asks, what was Ed's thesis topic for her PhD in religion? Um, I'm going to keep it real with you. I didn't know before last night when the forum closed, and I had to Google a bunch of religious theses in the Georgetown University Theology Doctorate Program database. Um, so if you happen to have done the Georgetown University Theology Doctorate Program and recognize the topic of your thesis here. Don't sue me. It's thesis. Um, it was, uh, she compared the, the Christian and Jewish interpretations of the story of Abraham and Isaac and how they reflect uh, the different relationships that those two have with both God and uh, religious texts. Because the interesting difference um, between those two is that in Christianity, um, it's very much seen as a story about how you should always trust in God, um, how God is always going to have the right idea, even if it doesn't seem so at first. Um, and then in Judaism, it's quite a bit different. It's actually 
um, a story of how you should absolutely question uh, what God tells you um, rigorously because the angel who shows up at the end to be like, yo, actually do not kill your son um, does not tell Abraham good on you for following God's word. The angel is like, what were you doing? What is wrong with you? Why would you kill your son just because like a voice in your head told you to? That we we, we don't have a billify for that yet, but you should maybe not do that. Um, and it's interesting because um, that sort of translates into the different relationship um, that Jewish folks have with, um, with those religious texts uh, compared to like Christianity and the Bible, where you are absolutely supposed to really rigorously examine what you are reading, understand it as much as you can, and then question it. You know, it comes from that whole saying of two Jews, three opinions, um, which I think is really cool. And also, you know, the story of Abraham and Isaac is, uh, is quite relevant to some things that we will learn in season three. Isn't that right, Lucy? It sure is. I was also fixing my nose ring. Just wanted to clarify the chat. Wow, a Californian bisexual with a nose ring. Somebody stop the presses. Stop it. I don't need to be <laughs> cyberbullied. But yes, that. I I'm am so HR. That... <laughs> I'm really glad that you answered that question because I did not have a, a, an answer to that question. I didn't have an answer 24 hours ago. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I wouldn't have even known where to start to get an answer is the thing. Okay, next question. And this is for... Um, this is for... You and me and then everybody. Um, so Rain, I think I'm pronouncing that right, asks, what is the brainstorm of ideas that later ends up forming a Where the Stars Fell episode? What is the creative process y'all follow? Also, any silly facts about the characters? Um, so Lucy, do you want to talk with me about making the episode and then we'll all go around and share a silly fact? So Lucy, you go first. What's, um, what's, your, what's your writing process? Newt and I will have a conversation at 11 p.m. And... Um, <laughs> 11 p.m that's generous it is generous um 11 p.m my time but like 2 a.m your time and that's one um, that's 1 a.m my time it depends on where you are during the time yeah that's so how about fair. that um how about and that? <laughs> it'll have a tone like this and <laughs> we will talk it depends on the night we'll choose any given character in our series to hyperfixate on and we will create a rich tapestry for them and um, sometimes, in those very beautiful times, they become episode premises, or short story premises, or mini-sode premises, or they become roving inside jokes that are only funny to us. Um, the writing process is really beautiful because Newt really planned out um, the series, like the bones of it. And I came in and said, what if we did a bunch of fuck shit? And Newt said, well, what if we did? And we have. And I think it, the show is richer for it. But that's our process. Well, that's where episode 11 came from. This is true. What I, so here's what I'll say. This One show is a best. very um, exploration-based writing style. Well, I think we can talk a little bit about Minisode 5 because that is kind of like an amalgamation. Um, for those of you who have not listened to it yet, um, uh, Minisode 5 just dropped on the feed for everybody to listen to today because we hit 50%. And uh, it began from the joke of, hey... Wouldn't it be funny if we wrote an episode where it was established that Ed and Lucy and Prim all, oh, you know, but we weren't allowed to say any of the words related to that? Wouldn't that be a fun writing challenge? It's actually a really common, a really common playwriting exercise where you write a scene about something, but you're not allowed to say what the scene, you're not allowed to say what the scene is about. You're not allowed to directly state it. So if there's a scene where characters are fighting over a wedding ring, they can't say the words wedding ring. They can't say the words marriage. Um, so we did that for a mini-sode. Um, but instead of a wedding ring, it's, um, you know. 
Well, you know. Well, you know. It sure was an episode of Where the Stars Fall. <laughs> it was. is now. <laughs> it's beautiful. It was it was so it was so fun. Um and um I always love getting to steal Sarah Price from from Lauren, um, who voices Lauren does not voice Prim, Sarah voices Prim. Um, because it's very fun. And I love an episode that is just a bunch of really, really niche lesbian drama humor. <laughs> More specifically, really, really niche butch femme humor, which is like my specialty. Ask any podcast that I have written a guest episode for. They will tell you that that is the topic that I have pitched. Um, it, it was really fun. Um, and then I know that we kind of have different processes in terms of like how to get the bones of something. Because I will usually like just plan out scene by scene and then throw stuff that I've already written in the notes app in. I um, have profound ADHD and executive dysfunction because of ADHD. Um, Newt knows this very well. Um, it's it's a problem. It's a legitimate problem. But um, because of that, I'm a very exploratory-based writer. Um, I don't do the planning that Newt does. And I think in a way it complements and sometimes it clashes, but I think that we're both better writers for it, having worked together. Um, but... Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to watch Newt work. They're like a machine in a way that I am not. I mean, it also helps that like I go to school with three of the actors in the cast. So, for example, um, as as Kyle found out yesterday, there are like six separate inside jokes that are like core to our to to our group in the season. Um, and four of them are because Max said something silly and it kind of snowballed from there. Yes. We all have our, we all have our little Borbos in the cast and I'm not going to name names, but they're here. And, um, <laughs> Kira laughs cause she knows I've known Kira my whole life. Um, voice of mama Gabe. Um, I brought her into this uh, little wine cellar and we also dragged in Kira's girlfriend and that has been a delight. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it is a, it is a show about a community that is made by a community and it's, it's really a pleasure to write for and be a part of. Okay, silly facts. I've been talking a lot, so um, Kyle, let's start with you and go back around. What is one silly fact about your character? Okay, so I have a list. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was told I was only allowed to share one, so. You get one. So I will share the stupidest one that I made up. Um, Mike's favorite candy is Mike and Ike's However, he will only eat the Ikes. He gets self-conscious about eating the Mikes, so he only eats the Ikes. Canon. That's good. Canon. I'll say that's canon. canon. That's canon, actually. Yeah. Okay, everyone, bar's been button. set. If you don't make something that's good enough that I will make it canon, Kyle has beaten you. I'm Kira, have fun. So, I'm so <laughs> sorry to ask this, but how do you differentiate Ikes from an Ike? Is it Mike? I don't know. I've never eaten those. I assume he just like knows angelically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, ineffable beings. Ineffable beings can tell the difference between Mikes and Ikes in a way yeah, that yeah. humans can't. They, it's yeah. Like yeah. A sight. Sure. Why not? They glow. <laughs> if yes. yes. Like go. in a video game. Exactly. It's like what those videos where colorblind. It's like those videos where colorblind people try to sort M and M's, and it's like they'll sort the M and M's, and it's like it's all <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, but it's with Mike and Ike's. Like if an if, 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 if an effable being tried to sort Mike and Ike's, an effable being would look at it and be like, "Those are a bunch of red and green M and M's." Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Why not, Kira? <laughs> I um <laughs> am not fun. So uh, the one that I'm going to say, I think Gabe uh, can speak a lot of languages I, because I think that's an angel power being able to just 
speak shit like <laughs> whatever somebody I would assume ineffable like, beings can speak every language since they've been around like the dawn of time. That's what I thought. But I think Gabe likes to bust it out in front of people. Especially because in this form, as like a, a vaguely like country sounding woman, like I don't think people are necessarily expecting her to bust out the languages, especially the um like not so common, you know? Um, it makes me think of the YouTube videos of that one guy who will like he learns like Mandarin and then he goes into uh restaurants and just orders and like perfect Mandarin and people are like, What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I think Gabe is blowing that shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, that sounds in character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do I get the cannon yeah. button? <laughs> I, I gave you the cannon button like 30 seconds ago. Oh, shit. My bad. Oh, congrats. Thank you. I'm just, just going to say about Ezekiel that they are six foot two. <laughs> and that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll okay. allow it. I'll allow it. I, couldn't, I can't think of anything creative. No, but I do. Well, because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Simply, purely. Um, and they and they like to smoke uh, cigarettes out of one of those long. Uh, yeah, we've talked time, about this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like relative. Uh, the like only character who has any kind of like a one hundred percent put down canon design that I need to get art of at some point is Ezekiel, um, because Ezekiel as a character is actually inspired by like really really early drawings of Cecil uh, Gershwin Palmer from Welcome to Night Vale, where like they're very much this like thirties looking androgynous being with a really long cigarette holder and their face is always obscured by smoke from it. You can maybe sometimes only see their, their mouth and their smoke is what tells you how they're feeling. Mm. They're very, hit, very tall and they're very, very elegant. Yes. You, hit, you hit Ezekiel with the twink hammer. <laughs> get twinked. Get twinked. Oh, yeah. get twinked. <laughs> Sorry. Um, get twinked. <laughs> so, that's all I have to say about them. Uh, see, I'm boring. So I've been thinking about this and com have come up with like boring things. But um, I think that Lucy has over the years gotten really good at cooking to impress, but secretly it's from a box or a packet. Oh, um, slay. <laughs> like, like I have specific examples um, because I've learned beneath the hood of a lot of my grandmother's cooking over time. Pancit, uh, that shit's a packet. Uh, puto, that is bisquick that they put in a steamer. <laughs> like, um, so over over time, as I have learned these things, it's been like kind of earth shattering. Um, so I think that particularly for the Filipino versions of those where people are less likely, if they're not in the know, to recognize these things, she's she's learned to like leverage that as yes, I can cook. I can cook so good. But actually it took like 20 minutes. If, okay, I'm gonna, can I interrupt you real quick? It is such an honor to work with you because the amount of thought and care you put into Lucy is just like, it's so, you know her so well. <laughs> Liz, okay. Well, I talked about how like you were, you pretty much defined how the character was going to be going like from the end of season one onward. Like you just nailed it. Maddie's world you, and you we're all living this, in it. You say this like, Maddie, you put all this thought into it. Literally, I just say, what would I do? But Literally, it works so, so well. much of this comes from uh, so much of this is just me saying I am Lucy. Let's do this. Slay. It's terrible. And that makes me so happy. You're right. Well, I mean, I wrote the character for you, so like that works. Yeah. You know what? We'll take it. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. chalk that up as a win. 
It's a win. Yeah. It's canon. Canon. Oh, does that mean everybody succeeded? Oh, no, Lucy has to. I forgot that I play a character in this. Um, a fun fact about Molly um, is that I don't think we'll ever make it into the show is that I always believed that Molly was really into ceramics um, in high school. Um, maybe not like making like pottery actually, but maybe making little trinkets, which is why she probably never got any really real success in it. Making like little animals, little figurines um, out of ceramics, I feel like would be something she's really into. That's all I got. Sorry for not being funny with it, because I know you wanted me to, Newt. Oh, no. You can say whatever you want, and it's just fine, Lucy. I don't like the energy we've created in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. I have to come up with something about Ed, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Other than, you know, the entirety of the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to do my job? You that sucks. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, Ed can recite the entire periodic table, but only if it is put to um, the tune of Yankee Doodle. If you ask her to, if you ask her to get an element number, she has to do the entire thing up until that element, and then she can tell you the number. And it has to be to Yankee Doodle. She can memorize like really long strings of stuff, but it has to be to that specific tune only. Uh, Annabelle uh, asks, how do you go about portraying neurodivergent characters authentically? Um, well, I'm sure we have no own voices stories in this chat. Uh, this season it gets canonized that Mike has ADHD because I thought it would be funny if Kyle just put that little aspect onto the character. <laughs> how do you feel about that? Uh, fair. I mean, how can you look at Mike and go, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> oh God. He's so weird. I love him so much. He's just a little dude. It was, it's so fun. Um, Lucy, I mean, I know you've taken point on a lot of Ed stuff because like you're the one with ADHD and I'm the one with autism. Yes, this is Dynamic true. Um, that we know of. That, that we know of. Um, a lot of comorbidity <laughs> there. Um, what I will say is that ADHD is something that I have a weird relationship with because I was diagnosed um, pretty late into my life. By late into my life, age 17. So a lot of people get diagnosed in childhood, but I didn't. Um, and it's one of those things that I, I both resent, but also view as like intrinsically linked to my personality. Like it, it affects my identity so deeply and affects who I am so deeply that it is such a deep part of me. And I feel like writing a character with ADHD and any learning disability or any cognitive um, um, neurodivergency, that wasn't a correct term, but you know what I was trying to say. Um, it's so, it, it's Any developmental so, disability. Developmental disability. That's what I was looking for. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, they're DDs. Um, is this like, it's this, it's this balance of like, it's not their entire personhood, you know, but also it affects your personality so deeply. So writing for it is difficult because you don't want to fall into stereotyping and you don't want to fall into limiting them, but you also acknowledge that it is a large part of somebody's life. It affects every facet of their life from relationships to learning to career. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, I felt that a lot when I'm writing Lucy. Um, and also just because like my autism, it kind of, uh, gets comorbid with my type one. Like one of my autism things is that like, I'm not great at feeling hunger signals, but I kind of have to, or else, you know, I won't be able to keep my blood sugar like safe and steady. And so one of the main things that I've tried to do when writing Lucy is always think about, well, how is her autism interacting with her chronic fatigue and her chronic pain? 
Um, how are those two things kind of playing off each other, affecting her spoons, maybe what like signals she feels from her body. Just remembering that like when you are writing a whole person, everything about them is going to interact. And that includes not just, you know, their DDs, but also just like their physical disabilities as well and how everything plays into each other. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Theo asks, what's one trope you would add to the show if you could? Or what's one trope you love that's already included? Uh, and there was only one bed. I think that would be funny. I was thinking the same. We did that. We Wait, did do when? There was only in the one show. Bed. In the Switzer special. special. We did that. Oh, fuck. I can't read. No, I was going to say that was the one that I was <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've always... that, was the, that was in the Switzer special and there was only one bed. Yes. Thank God. Well, great minds. Well, you should write okay, for the Eden, I should pick? write for the team. <laughs> well, oh, I, yeah, I was going to say. The and there was only yeah. one. Bed. <laughs> also, no, I don't, I don't have an answer because somebody stole it. Sorry. That's your joint answer? Shit. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maddie, what is yours? What is your request? Uh, I think I mentioned this in the last Q&A also, but at the time I had to say redacted because season two wasn't out yet. Time loop, time loop, time loop, time loop, time loop, time loop, time loop. That is like my favorite, one of my favorite things ever. And you, you let me act it. You let me do it. You let me live out like every fantasy I had ever had about like, oh my God, bless. Ford Friday, baby. Oh. Faith oh. Blackner, Ford Friday. <laughs> Oh, you just, I, I am so well fed as an actor for this show. I, I nothing in my life will top that. <laughs> like, uh, I don't, I don't, don't know even think about it, Lucy. <laughs> I had to make the joke. No, you didn't. <laughs> Kira, not you too. Kyle, what trope <laughs> would you add? Okay. So the issue is, is that all my favorite tropes are from anime. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I don't think that that means Mo it shouldn't be included. <laughs> yeah, most of them are character tropes. But I will admit, I'm a big fan, and I'd say the show's played with this a little bit. Um, I, and you, I, I'm not sure, but my favorite trope has to be the uh, a, just straight up a bad guy on the other side that protagonists fight later in the next arc comes by and is like, I'm part of the main cast now. You literally do that. Yeah. You literally do that. Yeah. We technically do Everybody that. Everybody say season. thanks, Max, for being a good actor, I guess. <laughs> My God. I don't know. I don't watch anime. I'm like, we don't have any like disdain for the medium. I just watch one episode of a TV show a month. <laughs> are you familiar? Are you familiar with Avatar The Last Airbender? Yeah, is it, uh, is there it's, that's pretty much Zuko. BB is not the Zuko. He is not the Zuko. Yeah. He could never be Zuko. Not like a Zuko. Avatar has the issue of they have, they do the best, they do everything the best. Correct. That's the problem. Correct. Is that you're like, oh, that trope, Avatar did it, and it did it the best, and no one Yeah, so it. nobody can ever do it again, because it's not worth trying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just watch Avatar. Mm-hmm. I have an the Avatar trope, tattoo. The um, <laughs> that I'm really... Well, not that I wish we could do, because I my my city now. Um, but that I hope we really get to do in season four is more hand and unlovable handisms. 
Lucy knows what I'm talking about. Kira knows what I'm I talking do. about. Hands and unlovable handisms. You'll it's get a good it. One. Um, you'll understand I, when we release Minisode Six. Get us to seventy-five percent, and you'll understand. You'll understand. Do you um, understand? I have, a, I have a sincere answer. Um, okay. Um, I don't think we'll ever have an opportunity to do this within the framework of this show. Um, I really, really am so partial, and I always will be, to gruff older man adopt spunky little girl. It just gets to me. It's such a good trope. It's a strong trope. I mean, Last of Us HBO is airing right now. I don't have to argue for it, but it, it really gets me. It's kind of Lincoln and Sufi. In, in a way, but it's not the focus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It'd have to be one of our pro tags. That's, that's, it's Ed and William Shakespeare. I was going to say Gabe and man. Ed. I don't know. <laughs> Gabe is not a good parent. Not a good parent, but she's a gruff older man. <laughs> <laughs> she is the angry older man in your house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gabe, oh, I, I love Gabe this season because Gabe does not pay taxes this season, and you can tell from that energy. <laughs> Was that one line we recorded that was like, if the government has a problem with the way I run my business, oh, they are no. welcome to come and see. <laughs> yeah. uh, Newton Green asks, what's your favorite out of context line of dialogue from seasons one through three for any character? Can I go um, first? I s- sure, Lucy. Out of context? I, can I, do I have to say the character? Sure, go ahead. I don't want to say the character though. Okay, then don't. Okay. Um, that no would have pleasing to be- you. That would have to be I am gay. Um, I'm not gonna oh, say what character that says one. it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, when, you guys, yeah. when you guys find out, it's 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 gonna it's gonna hit you in the gut. Like it hit me in the gut. <laughs> it's like getting hit over the head with a folding chair. <laughs> we passed that audio clip around like a cabbage patch doll. <laughs> passed that shit around like it was like a has has anyone in, this, in a has anyone in a Zoom call not been given the I am gay clip? I have not been. I have not received it. I swear to God, I sent it to you. I have not received it. No, you didn't send it. Kira, I definitely sent you that. I am gay. I, I am gay. Little giggle. Oh God. Okay, I'll send it to everybody after this. It's so. Yeah, I don't know how I pulled this one off, guys. I don't know how we did either. And when you guys figure out what we're talking about, it's gonna. Guys. Soon. Soon. Well, not soon enough. Pretty soon. Okay. Okay. Uh, everything that Prim has ever said. Um, I am obsessed with Prim, uh, but if I had to pick one, it's the one about you could land an airplane in front of her vagina. That one. <laughs> I love that whole monologue. I want to hear a monologue to audition for Juilliard. What if that killed me right now? <laughs> it's fucking amazing. It's perfect. It's, it's absolutely it's such a good. I love Prim so much. Sarah just Sarah just gets it. Okay, Eden, what is your pick? Here, go first. Um, my pick would have to be. Does that mean Jesus Christ is my cousin? Um, just because that I get that train of thought so much. That would also be my first question. <laughs> that if I had suddenly. Um, you know, been offered the opportunity in which Jesus Christ might be my cousin. <laughs> it's a question like, on all of our minds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's that. That's mine. Um, I just, I love everything that Gabe says. I'm, I'm sorry. No, not like that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Gabe is out of pocket. I can't think of anything specific right now. I should have prepared more. But I love um, the way that she will just say something with gumption. Um, <laughs> and I admire that. 
I love the way that you'll just say anything. Yeah, you'll just say, like, the fun thing about language is you could just say whatever. <laughs> Kyle, what is your favorite line out of context? Uh, it was so hard. It was so difficult for me to choose. I think I'm going to go with one from the new season, though. Maybe an odd pick. I'm not sure. You're an angel of the Lord who knows no- more about the universe than either of us. Is water wet? <laughs> <laughs> That's solid. I love that little sequence. That one's yeah, so funny. I love that sequence. Yeah. That's what. That's that for pick. the next session that we're going to record, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My pick is, and Lucy will know, my favorite uh, out of context line is, you're getting a salad. I fucking knew that that is what you were going <laughs> to say, too, is I knew it in my brain. You're getting a salad. <sighs> Why? You'll see. It's yeah, so during, solid. during our during our last recording session, Newt had to explain it to me. <laughs> yeah, me too. You Sorry, all will Maddie. see. You'll see. If you know, you know. <laughs> Lucy. Gay wrongs. Gay wrongs. All right. right. What is our next question? Um oh, okay. Uh what are you uh Alex asks, what are you most looking forward to in season three slash with the production of season three? Mm, can I say the cast announcement on on Monday? I'm looking, that's my answer. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Okay, fuck. Then I have to pick a different one. (laughs) Of course it's that. Okay, fine. Cast announcement on Monday is off limits. Everybody pick a different one. Uh, Okay. Okay. I have one. May I? Yeah. So, um, this, can I, can I, can I let them in on some production things that are not cast announcement related to clarify? So this was originally going to be a three season project. And Newt and I sat down and talked and we were like, we need one more season on this bad boy because we realized we had a lot of world that we had built and we wanted to share it with you guys. Um, If the question at the end of season two is like, what's going to happen? The question we want you to ask at the end of season three is what do we have to lose? Um, And I feel like season three answers that as well as makes you ask that question. So you become aware of what there is in this world to love and all of the people in the world that we've built. And I'm excited for you guys to get knee deep in this world. That's so true, man. That's so true. All mm-hmm. right, Maddie. And the cast announcement. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will see. You'll know exactly. Yeah. You'll know exactly where we're acting out. like a bunch of idiots. I think every single one of these needs to be prefaced with number one cast announcement. And then, uh, <laughs> and then also, uh, Recording for other characters, body swap. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's I'm gonna so be excited. really fun. The, the, Kira the, already ran the gauntlet. Kira already ran the gauntlet. Was so brave about it. It was very fun. I had a great time. The segment of our fan base that does not listen to the Q and A's will finally get to hear my American voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh my god, that's it's so, so discon- it's so discombobulating. <laughs> that's true because uh, I. I'm not doing the gay voice. I'm doing an, an American accent. An American accent. <laughs> it's just like a generic, um, mid, not Midwest. Yeah. But closer to my own Standard voice. American. Standard yeah. American. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. I, I also agree with that pick. Um, Kira, what is your most anticipated moment? My most anticipated moment is um, episode 24, probably. God, I was going to say that. <laughs> well, Damn fuck it. you. <laughs> It's so good is the thing. Yeah. You're going to get a good amount of Gabe. And um, I am just really excited to see what people think about that. Because I have so many thoughts about her. And I'm constantly like, 
I need to talk to somebody who is as into this show as I am <laughs> about Wow, Kate. I wonder who that could possibly be. It's everybody here. Turn to your right. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, okay, Eden, and then Eden, if you could get a little bit closer to the mic because we're having trouble oh, hearing you. Oh, shoot. Um, okay. Yeah, um, and then give us your most anticipated moment. Yes, of, I, am, of season three. <laughs> I am looking forward to the uh, new characters that we get to meet this season. Yes. And how that's going to go. <laughs> so. That's my thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What is yours? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's probably also just like recording for uh, probably like 22, 23. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. this is the last time that you and I are going to get to record in person because I'm graduating this May and you're graduated. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it would be difficult. Yeah. Oh my God, Kyle's going to die. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you had to make oh that my joke. Your <laughs> learning process. All right. Um, I think it, we have just 10 minutes left. So let's take some questions from the chat. Um, hello, chat. Do you have any questions for us? Hi, chat. <laughs> I can't mention you know who again, but I feel like this is how he does it. So I think I'm doing it correctly. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah, go ahead. What do you guys think that your character's favorite musical artist is? I said Kenny Chesney. Kyle? Uh, I'm going to have to think. I don't listen to a lot of music. Uh, no, no, I don't know. I'm going to have to skip this one. I'm going to have to think or For not For context, answer. I've always thought it was ABBA. ABBA's probably true. ABBA That's really good fit. for Mike, I think. Maddie? He, he likes water. For though. the love of yeah. God, don't make me mm-hmm. answer this question. <laughs> I have... You haven't thought about it? What? I... You haven't thought about it? I just, I don't know that much music. And what I do listen to, I don't think fits the bill at all. Um... So I I don't I I don't think I'm gonna contribute to this one. I think that's, that's a bad idea. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> yeah. Kira, uh, this is gonna sound like a cop out, but I do think it's true for Gabe. I don't think she listens to music. <laughs> yeah, that kind of tracks. She, she likes, likes like, it. She likes like the Maves Beacon like default music yeah. that plays in the background of Maves Beacon. She listens to like NPR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She listens to NPR, but like yeah. white knuckle gripping a steering wheel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in a truck. Then, uh, I think I think Ezekiel listens to like Connie Francis like sings Jewish favorites. <laughs> I love uh, Eden so much. <laughs> Yeah. Ezekiel has their Barbra Streisand stand called yeah. Lemonade. Barbra Streisand, Bette Midler, and like Connie Bette Midler. Yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> the thing is that Ezekiel is the only member of the entire Where the Stars Fall character cast who likes musical theater. That is a canon fact. I'm sorry oh, to anyone who ever wanted to know what Ed's girl. favorite musical funny is. Girl. <laughs> it's canon that Ezekiel is the only person who actually likes musical theater here. <laughs> Don't rain on my parade, Ezekiel Anthem. No, literally. <laughs> I feel like Ezekiel. Molly, Ezekiel um, would forgive Leah Michelle. <laughs> oh God! It's because they're also a terrible, arrogant person. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Really, the yeah. Leah Michelle of I Cup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, Lucy. What'd you say? Could you spell that out for me, please? Anyway, I think that Molly's um, favorite kind of music. She really likes pop, but like her favorite like artist is like Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, good answer. <laughs> that yeah. tracks. That absolutely um, I feel like her. the loneliest time is like on repeat for her right now. Oh, if Ed and Annie Inkworm's universes were switched, who would survive longer? Well, they actually are in the same universe. It's canon uh, because Prim is an Inkworm. 
Prim is Annie's great, 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 great times a billion grandmother. Because it's my city and my shows and I can do the, and I can do a crossover whenever I want. Yeah. I think that Annie Inkhorn would die first. <laughs> like objectively, sorry. Yeah, objectively, Annie Inkhorn would not survive the apocalypse. And we will never know because I can't do that voice anymore. I'm a baritoner now. She would like she would lose um, access to like cashmere and she would just lay down and die. Like she would just <laughs> let it happen. How did y'all originally go about uh, applying both Judaism and Christianity to a religious themed podcast? Have you thought about adding any other religions? Um, I'm going to say off the bat, no more religions, just because I think that out of all of us in the writer's room, we can kind of only speak to those two and we don't want to super complicate things. Um, But in terms of applying both, it was more so just accepting that there were going to be contradictions. Um, But also it would, because we have two leads um, and Ed, while an atheist, was still raised culturally Christian because she grew up in that particular environment in Appalachia. Um, we, as long as we could make those two characters kind of exist together and just accept the fact that each universe was going to kind of meld into this one, have its contradictions, and not everything was going to line up exactly with each other, then it would work. And I mean, Brad, um, Brad Colbrook, who was the script editor for season three, and I had like a 20-minute argument on whether or not um, Lucifer was God's brother or one of his angel sons um, because the the Catholic and then like the Protestant religions have very, very different ideas of those two things. Um, and we ultimately decided on brother because um, it made sense for what we wanted to do. But I mean, we had to, we had to go through all of the contradictions that are present in like the different sects of Christianity. Lucy, yeah. Okay. Um, this is, you can, you can shoot down this comment that I want to make. I think that our podcast is neither a theologically Christian or Jewish podcast, but I think that it is philosophically a Jewish podcast. No, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we make that pretty clear in episode 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying that as somebody who isn't Jewish, though. Well, I mean, the episode 18 is named um, Teshuva because um, I, I, it's, it's a practice that I think Lucy has been engaged in pretty much the whole show. Um, which basically means very, very quick and oversimplified overview. Um, it, when, you, when you do somebody wrong um, in a Jewish community, you are expected to atone for it a set number of times. Um, that person can refuse to forgive you a set number of times. But the big thing, the really big thing, is that you have to show not only that you have learned your lesson, but that you're not going to pull that again. Um, and the way that that's shown in 18... Um, not only through like the actual content of the episode, but especially the post credit scene is that Lucy is, you know, Metatron visits Lucy and is like, yo, what's up? The world is going to end. And Lucy for a second um, considers like doing what she did in season one, not telling Ed something um, in order to protect her and also to try to get neither of them hurt. But she has learned her lesson um, from the conversation that they had in episode nine and she immediately tells Ed what's going on. Um, like not in show, but like it's implied that like right after we cut to black, she explains to Ed what's going on because they have both grown as people, Lucy especially, and they're going to go face it together. They've grown together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's growth, baby. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. I just got excited. <laughs> no, and I mean, it's been interesting um, to like have that mix in the writer's room, but to also come at it very much from like that philosophical perspective of we are going to be a show that first and foremost questions literally all of the theological texts that we are presenting as our reference points, even the Christian ones. 
And while we still do like have Christian influences because I very much want to bring in the influences of the region that where Kyle and I live and where Ed is from. And just by the nature of Appalachia, so much of that culture has a lot of roots in Christianity. Um, it's important to to have that balance and to have that really firm philosophical structure. So, yeah, we have like two minutes left. Um, does anybody have any any parting facts, things, words that they would like to share um, about about the show, about their characters, like thing that you're most looking forward to happening in season three, not just production wise? Stay tuned for the cast announcement. <laughs> yeah, that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, just that I'm excited and um, thankful for all of you who are here in the live. We're watching the recording later. We wouldn't have a show without an audience. Um, um, and you guys are fantastic. I mean, yeah, we're, we're so excited that you guys are like helping to make season three happen. We're so grateful. It's, it's really good. It's so exciting. I'm, I'm really proud of what everyone is making. Um, especially the actors. I've gotten to a point where like, I can just write for you guys now and know what's going to sound really good and know what stuff you're going to totally kill. Um, and then Eden, especially just because like you're the, out of this group, you are the newest person joining the show. Um, Man, it just does not feel complete without Ezekiel now. They're <laughs> such a great character, and I love them so much. I I'm so glad that you've character. joined us. Yes, I'm so happy to be playing Ezekiel. Like, truthfully, such a fun character. So thank you. <laughs> Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Bye, everybody. Bye. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Forgive me, Father. For I've sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, okay. Uh, lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I am... <laughs> Lightly dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional. Since confession is about talking to God, I felt he had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professional. Where do you get off talking to me like this? <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me? What the f who is there? Forgive Me, a comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue.